Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my next guest, a, a very pleasant, charming young man. I had the pleasure to meet at the Walthamstow uh, swimming pool. Uh, he was watching our session and very curious, very interested in what we were doing. He was swimming in the public lane next to us. And it was interesting because there was some talent there. I could see that. And he was young, but clearly... I could tell that he had not had much of a swimming background, but we we had done like three kilometers in uh, maybe a little over in the last hour and a quarter. And, and I was just thinking that that's quite impressive. And then he took me by surprise, came over and uh, apologized for, for sort of shadowing our session, which was fine. Um, I actually remembered at this point that uh, the week before, our good friend and assistant coach, Danny Bunn, had told me that, that a young gentleman was interested in perhaps joining us, and I'd forgotten all about it. So I quickly put two and two together, and Ede's story was just remarkable. So, Ede, thank you for joining us. Um, I know we had a little bit of disappointment this year with the Olympics not taking place amidst the lockdown. Um, let's go back to the beginning, though. We, we were... Initially, I didn't believe it, did I? I didn't believe that you'd learned to swim so recently. That was the key, the key thing. And, and I had to double check. I even double checked. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, hi, man. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me. So I'm Eve, I'm just an early. I'm from Syria, Damascus. And I do live from London as a refugee. So the whole story with the swimming all started uh, with a film about Michael Phelps. So basically, I was inspired by him, and he took me so far away to start that dream to be at the Olympic for 20, 2020 Tokyo. So, yeah, because of all the situation and what is going on, I think I've just like uh, started by myself and start asking coaches and just go and start on myself. And I think the first time I was doing some training by myself at Waltham, so at Waltham Forest, uh, good Santa. So basically, it was around maybe Thursday, Thursday morning, when normally you come with your team. So I saw you a couple of times, you were training the other people. And for me, like, oh, wow, that's really impressive. They are really good. I thought at the beginning, it's a swimming club, because like, I have no idea about swimming or anything. So, yeah, I've saw you giving a lot of uh, sessions and stuff. So I just, like, decided I really wanted to see how they are training and how they are doing it. And I tried to jump, like, in the third lane because I know you took normally a lot <laughs> to lane of the swimming pool. So I tried to jump in the third one, tried to see how they are doing it or what normally like we have to do and I try just like to hear what they are doing and try to copy <laughs> and, and that, that, the here. that's right and I actually I, I actually yeah. nearly I actually nearly asked you to pay for the session did you know that I actually nearly asked, when you were walking <laughs> over I was going to ask you for um like five pounds for the for the session because I, I knew you'd been a little bit cheeky um, and, and was shadowing and, and mirroring the session. Um, but afterwards, we, we kind of laughed and you explained yourself. And I checked with the lifeguards and they said, yeah, he comes a lot. And he, a, a few months ago, he really couldn't swim very well at all. He's, uh, and, and then I spoke to Jackie, who you'd had a little bit of help from. And, and Jackie is the mum of two uh, 
of our youngsters well they're they've progressed and moved on now Armani and Cheyenne um Jackie's a swim teacher at, at Waltham Forest and, and I, I phoned her and she said like yeah yeah a few months ago he was like you know couldn't really do much and I was like wait a minute this we just did like three kilometers and, and he was doing okay so so I was impressed with your as an adult it's it's not easy to to make that level of progression so rapidly so clearly you have an appetite for it but you also have a good work ethic and you know whether we ask you to come to Walthamstow or with coach Michelle and and you sort of helped um sort of merged in with our our other little disability group um just to get some pool time at the aquatic center uh you know you'd get up early you'd get on the bus you'd get to the pool go do your weights do your training uh, I mean that that spirit impressed everyone, and and where do you think that comes from? That that just that desire from the initial Michael Phelps video. That that's you, you saw you him. Know, to be honest, I mean, with my experience, like through all the journey, I believe that when you really have something, you really believe on. I mean, I'm inspired by Michael Phelps. I really wanted to do something about this sport. Like since I saw the videos about what he's doing in his life, so he took me to a point that I really want to do something with this sport. I want to show the world what I really can do. Because something, like he turned the fire on inside my heart, and I really want to be there. I really want to do something like nobody done it before. So when you are doing something like you really love, when you give it like 100%, no matter what's your situation, so you can put all the effort, and you're going to keep fighting for it. Like I used to leave at the YMCA hostel like with five pounds of bed cruising. But at the same time, I tried with these five fans, like try to have a simple food, just to stay alive at the same time, get up early, go to the pool, take the bus when we used to train at the Olympic Hall in Stratford or like in, in Walthamstow and here and here. So I just like, no matter what's the situation, just keep going. And I try to ask coaches like you and you all the time, like helping with the other coaches and also about the equipment. Like I didn't have anything, but at the same time, like I'm not waiting to have the equipment. Like just go to the pool, try what you can do and build it step by step because you can't really reach to the Olympic or you can't really reach your dream, whatever you are doing in your life. Like from the first jump, it doesn't work like that. Just go, give it a go. This is the most important things, like the first step get up early, go see what is going to happen. And from there, all will be like, go like from step by step. And day after day, the dream becoming real. This is how I believe about myself. And no matter like what happens. And, and, and things happened quickly, didn't they? Because... You know, we, we spoke to some people, they helped. Uh, Denise, our good friend at the gym, she started helping with some strength and conditioning. Other coaches got involved. Eventually, your level of progression was such that, you know, you had to leave us because uh, obviously Swim for Try is a group of coaches that, that help adults get faster. But obviously, you were hoping to race for the um, refugee status team in... Absolutely. In, in an Olympic event. So, you know, you had to become a member of the um, Amateur Swimming Association. You needed to be a ranked swimmer. You needed to, you know, partake in competitions, get rankings, get times. And obviously our, our group is more focused on open water and triathlon. So, you know, it, it was good. It was great journey to help you along the way. And, and obviously then, so I, I've spent less time coaching you as such and more 
helping in other ways, which was speaking to Speedo. We got some help speaking to other people, got some help. Um, and then just starting writing to the IOC and the British um, sort of uh, Olympic Committee, because there's no simple procedure, is there? We don't, we didn't know where to start yeah, or, or yeah, how to start. Know, absolutely, yeah, I remember that. I mean, so many emails went to various people of the IOC, and t we used Twitter, we used um, various things, just trying to make contacts. And and Matthew was useful, wasn't he? He was from the UK refugee. UN, United Nations, a branch in the UK, and that was helpful. And, and you know, I don't want to sort of, you know, um, you know, remind you of the horrors of your journey and everything. But, you know, despite that, despite where you came from and the journey, you know, you were still so uh, cool, calm and collected and charming and, and working so hard. It wasn't difficult to see why so many people wanted to help you. And, you know, people gave kit, they gave time. And it's 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 nice when you see that, because obviously, you know, there, there's a there's another side to it. And we don't like to read about that. But it happens. But people wanted to help, didn't they? Were, were you were you surprised by that? honest at the beginning like I was like really shocked because like I have no idea about I mean the sport or anything and I'm just like starting by telling people about what I really want to do and after I mean after I met you and when you offer me like you can join us next Thursday morning and you don't really have to pay for it oh my god that was for me like the most amazing things ever like you know people like just trying to help you and believe in you and like they don't even know anything about you and day after day, a lot of swimmers and also the coaches helping with the equipment and uh, trunks, you know, goggles and all these type of things. And also when other coaches say you can have Denise in the gym and Michael in London Aquatic Center, that was like really, really nice of them. And, you know, and... Like, I mean, all the kindness and all the love like the people are showing to you, they really make you believe more and more in your dream and it's, it's nothing better than that feeling when you see like all people trying to really help to achieve that dream you really have early uh, early on um it was obviously uh, a media f frenzy almost we could say there was a lot of camera crews a lot of interviews a lot of people wanted to talk to you and fortunately, that calmed down a bit because you really needed to knuckle down and get some good training done. Because I remember I was on a bus going home from Oxford Street and I saw you um, walking across the street with a box of Kentucky Fried Chicken when you, when you should have been resting and preparing. And, and you know, so I, I thought the media got went to your head a little bit. I'm not going to, you know... Um, blow smoke and, and so on. I'm going to tell you how it is, Eid. Okay. Uh, you, you know, you, you, it's been good that that's calmed down because now you're finally with Hackney Aquatics, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm training with Hackney. Coach Aquatics. Rick. Hackney Swimming Club, And Coach Rick is a, is a great coach. I know. And my coach is the head coach, Rick, at the moment. He's the head coach. Um, and Astrid has been helping you a little bit. Uh, she works with yeah. us. So it's, it, what's so nice? I started with Astrid. Okay. Masters, she has the group of people who's training with the masters, and after a while, I'm just like trying to like coach. Can I swim twice a day? Because Rick, he has, he's the head coach, and they have a bit tough sessions, and 
I'm all the time, I really want to do more. I really want to do different. Like, we are doing amazing with Astrid, but at the same time, I'm all the time, like, want to do more, want to do more. And Greg is an amazing coach as well, such as Astrid as well. So both of them are great coaches. I mean, you know, there we were, 6.30 on a Thursday morning, and everyone's tired, everyone's, you know, training hard, and, and you come with a smile and a, and a really positive attitude. So I can't help but feel people just want you, you know, and, and we, were, we were sad to see you go, to be honest, but obviously for the, you know, for your journey, you, it, it, we're very proud that you left us to join a swimming club, having improved your swimming so much. Uh, you even came to Club La Santa, didn't you, on a training camp with us? We did some wonderful work and Coach Mike over from the boat. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I remember like when we had the experience with the training camp. It was my first training camp <laughs> in, my, in my entire life, man. It was such a great training. I mean, even training with you, Coach, like you taught me like everything. And I'm really so thankful for everything. And like without you, like I'm not here today. I mean, like, <laughs> You're... You your swim try of course and i can't race for it because you said like we need to be with a swimming club but yeah coach like i'm here like you, you taught me like all the basics all the small things and without the small things you're not gonna be bigger and better <laughs> uh, it's good let's go let's go back so did you have uh, any kind of sporting interest growing up so you were you were finance and economics in damascus originally before you left yeah, so in Syria, I've studied two years accounting and finance at okay. Damascus University, but I couldn't finish my course because of the war and what is happening. At the same time, I was working with a fashion as a visual merchandiser in Zara, Jack and Jones and TNT. But yeah, I mean, it's a bit mixed. Like I used to work with the fashion, I study accountancy, and now I'm in love with the swimming. It's a bit funny and crazy, you know? But there wasn't any desire to be a swimmer earlier. There was no real swimming as you were growing up? To be honest, like, I never thought about swimming. Like, also, like, I never swam, like, properly or anything. I remember I used to just to hang out with my friends, like, normally on a Friday, just to go to the pool and sit. But, like, I never in my life like professionally at all and, and, and yeah I mean when I came here after like while we're living in the hostel after seeing the video about Michael Phelps and like just like a button like someone like put it on and like he turned the fire inside my heart and he just like took me so far away he took me to another world like I really want to do that I want to be the new guy who's swimming like Michael Phelps and to changing the world and do like everything about this sport. And, and you know what I I would I mean we're not sure what's going to happen with the Olympics next year even. Um, but you know I would say that your journey has been one of great success. You you've uh, touched a lot of lives and inspired a lot of people and made you know your you know a proud ambassador for your for your uh, home country. Um, now let's go back to you were in Scotland for a little while. And bef before so basically, when I arrived to the UK, I didn't know where I arrived. You're the smuggler. He, when he said, he say, oh, you're going to be in London. <laughs> and suddenly when I'm in the airport having the interview, so my translator was telling them that, uh, oh, he's hungry. Can he have a food or something? And I said, like, oh, how, how far away is, like, the city of London or something? And they were all laughing at me <laughs> because it, it was in Scotland airport. <laughs> and I said, like, where is it? Is it, like far away from the bus because I have no idea about geographic. I was like really bad at it. 
they say like you are eight eight hours away from here. It's like, uh oh, like am I in the UK or where did she send me? And and you'd come via Berlin where you travelled across land with your brother. He stayed in Berlin, so is that right? Basically my brother left first okay. and he's a refugee in Germany. And I couldn't make it. So I had to tr- leave Syria a year after him, a oh, year okay. and a half, because we didn't have uh, enough money to travel together. So I, me and my family helped him to get the money, and he left first, and he was safe. And after a year and a bit, when I left Damascus, I couldn't make it to Germany because they closed the board, and they said, like, they have enough refugees, and it was, like, really crowded and busy. There was a period of time. That's amazing. And, and for me, it was like the only way, I mean, to keep continuing, it was the only way, like it was the UK. And, and before, well, part of your journey, you were on a, a small boat heading to Greece? Yeah, of course, I could say about the journey. So basically, when I left Syria, I had to leave to Damascus. And from Damascus, I went to Turkey. And from Turkey, as a Syrian people, like we can't use our passport anyway. To go anywhere so basically i had to take the boat from uh, from turkey to greece and i remember like the first time when i took it like i almost like died in the sea in the ocean can you describe can you describe the boat because obviously when we go on a boat it's like a ferry from dover to calais it's nice yeah, and nice For and me, lo- <laughs> like i have no idea because i've never left here i mean i, I was used to live like locally so basically you have like to find a mafia and you have to get to the boat. So basically, there was like uh, a wood boat. It's like the one for the adventure when you just go and fishing. So basically, after we take the boat, it was a bit small. We were maybe around 20 people, something like that. And the smuggler says, just you get in the boat, we keep driving down there like after a few hours. So after a few hours driving, the motor just stopped. <laughs> And we tried to put it on again and again, and it doesn't work. We tried to call for help, and we don't have network or anything. And of course. We are yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And hours later, the boats are broken, and the water getting in, and all the people in the boat uh, separate. And some of them, I can't even see them anymore. And they're holding piece of food and the water, like, I can't remember, maybe two or three hours. And I remember, like, I got conscious, and I can't really remember what happened, but I could see, like, light in my face, a huge chip, probably from Turkey, the police Turkish. So they were screaming, like, what we were doing there, and they grabbed us from the water, and they gave us food, and they took took us back to Turkey, and they brought us in prison for a day, and they said, like, we can't do that anymore, and here like I lost my money and I can't travel again because it was like a thousand two hundred or three hundred dollar to get the mafia and here like I had to wait for a while and do some work just to get more money and after maybe a few weeks later I found out the smuggler and we did the journey again so this is the second attempt my goodness yeah it was like this like the second time I tried it was a different smuggler. The boat was a bit big, and it was like a balloon. It's a digging boat or something like that. And we were like maybe 33 people. 
It was like a bit different journey, but thank God we made it. I arrived to Greece and I stuck in Greece for a while because they closed the border again. And after that, I had to keep continuing through the journey. And yeah, I made it to the UK. I mean, so so the fact that you chose swimming, I find even more remarkable because of the the nature of the journey and how scary. I mean, you know, I, I've swum in the sea, and sometimes it gets a little bit rough. But you know, you, you know, there's safety cover. You know, there's help available. But you were in the middle of the sea, and the engine cuts out, and you know, you you can't even be sure what's going to happen next. Uh, what what you know, were you not afraid to go back to swimming, you know, months and months later when you finally got into the UK? How, how did you think, you know, what is it that switched on to swimming despite the, so to the be scare? Honest, like when we were coming in the boat, I, like the fair, like in the water, like almost killed me. I remember like every single wave, like in the ocean, like when it hit the boat, like we are in the air, like two or three meters up <laughs> and we go down again and like, it freaked me out. Like I was like really scared. But when I started swimming and I started doing all the, the stuff, I think it was a bit like I'm in the shallow, I'm going easy, and after that you're gonna go like dolphin key under the water and all this type of thing. It's a bit frightening me, but at the same time, I'm all the time like when I arrive to that level, when I'm a bit worried or like, oh my God, what is gonna happen? What about if I'm gonna die if I don't breathe? Because I didn't know anything about the rules of swimming. And every single time, like, when I arrived to that point, I always remember, like, it's a dream, it's a purpose. I remember, like, how I was, like, in the boat and everything I came across. And, like, no, I'm stronger, I'm better than that. And I keep all the time pushing myself. And really that things, when you really have the imagination and all these types of things, it really motivate me in a way to make me that man today and like I, th I think it's what I came through like I don't really believe like I'm that who I am today you know I think a lot of people have been using their imagination at the moment obviously we're locked down and we're excited to go back to swimming at some point I mean not to the extreme where you've come from but you 100%, know yeah. we're, we're really excited to you know just it's like a, a, a such an, a, an amazing sensation to be floating to be moving through the water and to have it taken away from us now is re we're really struggling um you you must really you know course. to have to have had a, a little bit of that magic and now to be in lockdown i know i know you're you're still training and we're we're hoping for next year um but what else are you doing to keep fit and healthy at the moment and so on so i mean that's a lockdown not really comparing to Syria but like we went through war and a lot of things so for me it's not like the first time you locked in or something I believe this is like a temporary situation yeah and whatever you have like I have that dream I will never like because of the lockdown like stay at home and do nothing like now of course like I can't really swim at the meantime but every day like I'm trying to keep I'm doing like running every single day at the same time I'm doing uh, we have like two sessions a day. So basically I have some help and support also from Nike. So I have a coach, Joe's and her husband. They are having a special training every single day about 
fitness and CrossFit, and we are doing a lot of exercises like pull-up and all the type of things, and just trying to be healthy, still eating well, still eating healthy. No more, no more KFC. And motivate myself, trying to look at the situation in a different way. And you're... Yeah. And from, from the hostel, uh, how did you meet Debbie? Because obviously Debbie's a lovely lady that, that welcomed you uh, into her home. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So when I used to live in the hostel, as I'm here alone, I don't have friends or anybody. So I've met Debbie through a friend on the Facebook who's helping refugee in this area. Okay. And I've met fam- uh, Debbie and her family, and uh, we become friends for a couple of months and after that, she told me, oh, we have an extra room in our house and uh, we are more than happy to have you in our house and to be part of the family. And I was like really thankful, you know, people we didn't have kitchen or anything. And People's generosity has been incredible. But again, I think, you know, when you are a pleasant young man that's working hard and people can see, you know, the journey you've been through, you know, why wouldn't we all want to help? Um, you know, I think I think that's lovely. And, and that's amazing that, that Debbie's just welcomed you in. Um, and you're still studying. Is that still happening at the moment? How are you coping yeah, course, with the studies? So at the meantime, I've got a place in two universities in London, King's College and Westminster. And hopefully I'm going to start my course this September. It all depends on my uh, English score, it's the IELTS, which is, I'm going to do very soon. So hopefully, it's remarkable. It's a. I have to remind myself of the journey, um, and you know, I look back at some of the emails uh, and the correspondence, and the fact that we've been, you know, you you just fell into our lives one Thursday morning, and you know, then I look at all the emails to the IOC, the you know, you know, the United Nations. And you know it's 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 incredible. And then the BBC came and Channel Four and Becky, one of our swimmers, helped speak to Channel Four. And then before you know it, there's people from Canada. Um, it, it's good, and it, I'm glad you've not let that sort of you know stardom take you away from the fact that yeah, I need to study, I need to swim, I need to train, and just keep your head on. That's lovely to see. Absolutely, yeah. For this type of things, like I really love to organize everything, like in the morning in the evening trying to have my study in the middle of the day and try to organize it uh, yeah it's, it's pretty nice it's not easy of course it's tough nothing is easy but at the same time as long as you are organizing everything and looking after like every single detail like a few days i think everything should be okay Hey, of course it's not easy. Swimming is, is tough. It's it's technical, it's hard work, and you're trying to accelerate what a lot of us did, you know, over the course of our teenage years. You're trying to squeeze it into just a, a couple of years. And that's not going to be easy. But um, the IOC set us some pretty ambitious time targets. And, you know, uh, this little interruption, well, it could be good a little bit, even though you're not in the water, you know, the interruption for some more dry land, some more strength, um, you know, and we've got another year now. Uh, fingers crossed, everything is good in Tokyo in 2021. And the extra year will help us just get closer um, and, and secure with fingers crossed the the uh, U- United Nations refugee status Olympic team. And that's what we're hoping for, isn't it? Really, an extra week, an extra year, it will really help a lot to me. You 
know, like, especially with my uh, new swimmer, and it was, it's really sad for all the athletes as well around the world. Everybody was meeting like for this moment, and it postponed for the next year. But at the same time, like nobody can do anything about it. Yeah, our health i know i know you talk to brent brent hayden over in canada quite often and that's tough the fact that he meddled in london 2012 retired and then came back with plans to qualify this year but now you know he's that little bit older and that's going to be hard to have it extended one year fingers crossed it is extended and and takes place next year so you know so some for some people it'll be uh, harder to carry on for you hopefully it gives us more time uh, and i have to say i went to watch um the sydney games back in 2000 and there is nothing quite like an olympics to be there watching i can't even imagine what it must be like to take part i uh I raced in the British Olympic trials in 1988 and 1992, um, did quite well, but obviously not good enough to go. And, and I wanted to go and see it so bad. And I and friends did go and the stories looked amazing. It looked so much fun. So I wish you, really cool, yeah. I, I wish you every success and a trip to Japan. I would love to come and watch you next year. Ed, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Our half hour is just about up. Good luck with the rest of lockdown, and I hope training is not interrupted for too much longer. Uh, appreciate. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's, it's a pleasure, you know, to be part of your team. And we'll, we'll always you have know, a all the details you teach me and everything. It means a lot to me, honestly. After you come back from the Olympics, I hope you'll still stay swimming and you can come retire, but still come and stay fit with us uh, older, slower guys. Sure, How's absolutely. that? Absolutely. Now swimming like part of my life, and no swim, I can't even sleep. You know. <laughs> e, thanks a lot and uh, we'll talk again soon thank you for talking to sure. us today no 